Righto, you legends, before we rip into another episode of the Deadass Podcast, I'd firstly like to thank our major sponsor, Country Tracker Caps, for the continued support of the podcast. You will find their merchandise at thecountrycompanies.com or if you'd like to design your own cap, head to countrytruckercaps.com. Knuckles has fired up a discount code for the pallbearers. Type in Deadass at the checkout to receive your discount. That is D-E-A-D-A-S-S. Welcome to the Dead Ass Podcast. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dead Ass Podcast. I am your host, Brizey, and today, back by popular demand, we have <laughs> Mr. Stephen Bell. How are you, sir? Uh, Brian, I'm very well. Thank you. No, that's great. Look, I we've had a really good overwhelming response from the episode that we did about Huddy and about the journey that took place, um, obviously fulfilling your father's request. Yes. And it was absolutely amazing listening to some of the the, the things that you had to do to get Huddy going and whatnot. And in conversation that we're having with the with about Huddy and whatnot, mm-hmm. you brought up a, a conversation which actually – um, sparked the interest of quite a lot of people actually mm-hmm. that hit me up about it. Yeah, and the it entailed this um, Indian motorcycle that you have. Yes, and it, and it's a 1928 model Indian motorcycle. That's correct. And this thing is absolutely beautiful. Now, the first time that I saw it was at the Rocky Nats. Correct. And it was yeah. I think it was the second one that I saw it at. Correct. Because I had my Harley Davidson hearse there mm-hmm. as well, and uh, uh, it was you were doing a were you a twin? You were doing with two of yours. What was yes, yes. Well, my brother David also has a one hundred one Scout. Okay, of yep. nineteen twenty nine. Nineteen twenty nine. Yep. And we've got this little, um, well, I suppose this little gig that we dress as two New York City coppers of nineteen thirty. Is that what it is? Yes, that's what it is, and. And how it uh, arrived was we um, we went to the Beta Birdwood in two thousand and ten. Ah, okay, yeah. And um, when you go to the Beta Birdwood, you need a an angle. Yeah. And so yes, you can just rock up with a, a motorcycle and wear period clothes mm-hmm. of the time. But in order for you to get into the um, the concourse, yep, they appreciate a little bit of work. Okay. So what we did, Brian, was we. We looked around and thought, um, the police departments yes. of the United States looked at the New York City Police Department, which is which was in those years called Police Department New York, ah. not New York Police, police Department. Department. So ah. it's PDNY, not NYPD. Ah, is that what it is? Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, Brian. You know, whenever I need something or yes. David needs something, we ask our friends. Yes. Or we ask people, we call people. So we made some phone calls to the New York City Police Museum. Did you really? In Brooklyn. Wow. And said, this is who we are. Yeah. This is what we want to do. Can you help us out? And they went, ah, oh, we think these guys are wackos. <laughs> uh, I think we'll keep away from these guys. But, <laughs> But... 
Um, there is a guy. Um, we'll we'll give you his number. You give him a call. Ah, okay. So we phoned an ex New York City police detective by the name of Joe Philippatis. Okay, yeah, sure. Who said, um, guys, uh, you want to do what? <laughs> so we want to we want to go to the New York. Uh, want to go to the Bay to Birdwood? Yeah, sure. And we want to dress as two New York City policemen. Mm-hmm. And he said, so you want to impersonate coppers? Is that right? He's not making it sound good, does he? (laughs) So he said, send me a picture of your bikes. Yeah, okay. So we sent some photographs of our scouts. Yes. He called us back and said, Steve and Dave, he said, my dad was a patrolman. in New York. He was in the New York City Police Department. Yeah. He was a patrolman and he rode a 101 scout. Uh, in 1929, 1930. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. He said, Steve, these these bikes are in like as new condition. I said, well, Joe, yes, they are. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I'm going to help you guys out. Oh, what a legend. So he said, you know, he said the funny thing about, about the New York City Police Department, he said, we're a pretty proud bunch. Yeah. And he said, when we get portrayed in movies. Yes. Nobody ever bothers to ask whether or not we've got the correct uniforms or whether we've not we've got the correct machines. And he said Hollywood are notorious in doing it. Of course, yeah. Well, it makes sense that you'd be very proud of what you're doing, and if you've got someone that's betraying it incorrectly, you would be you, you'd be slightly offended, wouldn't you? Or you know, especially and, if you're very proud. And they are offended. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the 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 pinnacle came for them. In the movie Amelia Earhart, ah. I don't know whether you've ever seen it. No, I haven't, but I know the name. It's very Twenty familiar. odd years old, to say Amelia Earhart. Oh, well, anyway, yes. When Amelia lands in New York City yeah. in 1932, yes, a New York City policeman, patrolman, rides up on a, a glaringly out of place blue Indian ace. Ah, okay. So any. Yeah, so it's completely wrong. It's completely wrong. They never had aces, Uh, not blue. And he's dressed in the Keystone uniform, Uh, which has got the buttons from the shoulders down to the waist and an angle. Oh, yes, yes. Similar to um, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The uniforms, well, that's the Keystone era. Ah, okay. And that was just blatantly wrong. So he said, you know what, you guys? I'm going to make sure that you guys have got the right uniform for yep. 1930, which was the blouse uniform. Okay, the they blouse. changed from from the keystone with the high collar. Yes, to the open jacket, white shirt, black flat black tie. Yes, and um, the uh, yeah the 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 same pattern cap, but with a longer snout. Ah, uh, yes, okay, longer visor. Yep, yep. Wow, and. Uh, when you have a look at that bike, it does, like I was saying, it does look like it's brand new. The thing that really intrigued me the most, and for the people who are listening to this um, now, if you haven't listened to Stephen's previous episodes, episode twenty nine, um, where he briefly dis- discusses about about the Indian and how he found it. Now, this is the part that I'm really interested in. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So. Like- so let's get started on it. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, so okay. on this part, and then we'll get into the yeah, deep okay, detail. Really of it. So, all right. So, firstly, how did you come about? Okay, so how did you come about 
finding out that there's even an, this Indian that was in a well out west, like how did that come about firstly? Because – and do you, did you know like why it was put in a well and, and all that sort of stuff as well? So, Well, Brian, I do. You do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I suppose I'll make a start. Okay, okay, cool. Let's go. Okay. Well, it was in 1986. 1986, okay. That I went down to a property on uh, Emu Park Road. Okay. At the invitation of the Elrots. Okay. owned it. Yep. And um, they actually have Riverston now in, mm. in Rockhampton, tea rooms. Yeah, okay, yeah, they've, sure. They've been my friends for, for years. Yeah. Anyway, um, they said, oh, there's an old motorbike down here. Ah. Would you like it? And I said, yes, please. So I went <laughs> down there. And uh, what I unearthed was a, a diamond frame, yeah, long tank, um, a set of a really set of gangly handlebars, a belt driven rear wheel, yeah, and an inline air cooled four cylinder engine. Ah. It was a nineteen oh six Fabric National. Oh, okay, right. Which was the first motorcycle ever sold in Rockhampton. You're kidding me. It was the one. The actual motorbike. The one. The one. Wow. It was sold from a building which is directly opposite TCC. It was the the ex-Christian Brothers College. Yes, yes, of course. It's a weatherboard building. That was the motorcycle dealer. Is it the one? In 1906. Like on the, the church side? It's on the opposite, diagonally opposite the church. Yes, I know exactly which building you're talking about. On the corner. Yep. Yep. I think it's a house now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a residence. Well, that motorcycle was bought by um, what's his name, the uh, the solicitor, Rezar Jones. Ah, oh, yes, okay, Rezar and Sydney Jones. Yeah, so he was he was a fairly wealthy man. Yes. He bought it for his son. Did he really? Yes, he did. Wow. There's a photograph of it in the history of Rezar and Sydney Jones. Well, that motorcycle found its way to Elrot's farm. You're kidding. Yes. Wow. So here I am with it and dear old brother George Elrot, yep. who was a wonderful, wonderful engineer, could make anything. He never, ever taught uh, children um, in the Christian Brothers. He simply looked after machinery and taught yeah. them skills, welding, yeah, sure. machining. Anyway, I remember brother George down at the farm at Elrot's. He said, oh, Steve, he said, now the magneto for that bike is up here. And I said, and so he reached up, Brian, on this old dusty shelf, moved apart a couple of Hessian bags and a few boxes of nails and put his arm up and withdrew this four-cylinder Bosch. Bosch. Made in Brussels. Magneto. Wow. And I looked at it, blew the dust off it, and he said, here you are, Sonny. See if you can do something with it. Oh, well, on the pile out the back yeah. was a cover. It was it turned out to be the transmission cover, the primary drive transmission yeah. from the engine to the gearbox. Yep. And it had Indian motorcycle Springfield, Massachusetts cast on it. Really? And I thought, this does not belong mm. to that. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So, Brian, I took the whole lot home. Yep. Stored it in the dad's house on yep. Mead, Mead Street, <laughs> yeah. and and um, set about going about my life. Mm-hmm. Then I had talked to a guy by the name of Gordon Porter, lives okay. up in Mount Morgan. Yeah, 
Gordon's been a member of our vintage car club for decades. He was one of the founding members anyway. He said to me, Steve, one day, you've uh, you got some bits from a, an FN. And I said, yeah. And he said, do you mind if I come and have a look? Nope. So we <laughs> came around, looked at him and he said, gee whiz. He said, uh, this is pretty good. Would you like to swap it? And yeah, I right. said, Gordon, what for? Yeah. And he said, well, have you ever heard of an Indian? And I went, ah, <laughs> ah, I've seen that name. And I, and I pulled out the transmission out of primer yes. cover and I said, like this. And he said, ah, uh, yeah, like that. And he said, um, I know where there is a 28, 101. Yeah. Would you swap the, F, the FN for the 101? And I said, depending on how good it is. Mm. So he said, come with me. So we went, we went up to Mount Morgan. Yeah, right. And um, he led me to a, well, a, a miner's hut for the one of a uh. better word to describe it, at Struck Oil. Yeah, okay. And Brian, it was up in the bush. Was it really? Vine, oh, yeah. Vines growing around it. It was well and truly, it had been disused for, oh, I'm going to say at least 40, 50 wow. years. This was in 1986. Yeah. And anyway. Um, wow. So he said, well, uh, I'm using it as a bit of a storage. So I went in there, Brian, the floor was falling out of it. The roof <laughs> is coming down. Yeah. And it was stacked full of wheels and frames and bits and pieces. And, and Gordon said, oh, well, the one I want, it's here. So he reached around and grabbed this, um, well, part of a gearbox. Yeah. And he said, oh, there's a back wheel here. And I looked at it and I thought, gee whiz, I mean, it's, mm. it's just toasty. Yeah. And he said, oh, the rest of it is down the well and it's out in the yard. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> what, really? <laughs> what was your reaction to that? Um. Were you intrigued or were you a bit, were you like, oh, oh, what have I got myself into? I was actually intrigued. Well, yeah. I thought, okay. This thing has seen no love yeah. for a long time. And yep. anyway, I thought, well, let's, let's have a look at it. Yeah. Anyway, the thing that Gordon did in his favour was that he produced a book uh, called The Iron Redskin. Okay. It was written by Harry Sucher. Yeah. Anyway, he had it open at a page and there was the photograph of a 101 Scout. Okay. As soon as I saw it, yep. I knew I had to have it. Ah, okay. As soon yep. as I saw that Scout, yep. I thought that's for me. Yeah. So anyway, he said, come on, come out the side. So he went out, Brian, to a well which yep. had been dug beside this, um, this old miner's hut. And again, Brian, rubber vine, lantana. Weeds, they dug the hole, dug the well, but they'd never bricked it. Uh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. And so, what happened was the the, the sides began to cave in; it subsided. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, well, the sheet metal's down there." And I looked wow. down the well yeah. in between part of the rub vine and the mm. and the the lantana, and um, sure enough, there was some bits of steel, for want of a better word, down there. <laughs> yeah. So we hacked away with yeah. a machete. Wow. The rubber vine and the lantana. Yeah. And then reached down a hook with a bit of rope. Yeah. And uh, pulled out this rusty frame. And I mean rusty. It was rusty, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then 
pulled out what would remain of a mudguard, but it yeah. had been lying in the water upside uh, down. Okay, yeah, sure. So it was like you fired a shotgun through it. Yep, yep. The either end was okay, but the middle was Middle's gone. Middle's gone, yeah. And same with the rear guard, only it was lying sort of tail end down, front end up. Yeah, okay. And so all the tail was gone. Yep. And um, so we fished out stuff. Yeah. And brought it to the surface, stuck it on the ground, and then we pulled out this gearbox casing, which again had been lying um, it, uh, bottom down. Yep. And was corroded. The whole bottom of it was corroded. Oh, out. okay. Wow. And then he said, uh, well, um, okay, well, that's good. Now let's go and get the motor. <laughs> so you'll just go, gee, okay, right. So he said, now what they did was they pulled it apart on the veranda and threw it. What? Well, they were sitting on the veranda one Saturday afternoon and they pulled the engine apart and pitched it. And you know, what? I wonder why. Well, what else would you do? I suppose. You got, so, what happened was, this motorcycle yeah. was bought at JR Tulk, okay, at the, at the Indian Agency, which is or was just about three doors up from the Criterion Hotel. Oh, okay, right. JR Tulk, his name was. Yeah, okay. Sure. He was the agent for Indian. Ah, okay. It right was yeah. sold there. Yeah, wow. It was taken to Mount Morgan yep. because in those years, Mount Morgan, fair bit of money. Mm. There were, oh, there yeah, were it would have been. miners, gold miners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brian, in order for you to purchase an Indian, you needed money. They yeah. were expensive. Yeah. They were 238 bucks, American, brand new. Wow, back in those a days. A lot of money. A lot of money. That's yeah. a lot of money. That is, yeah. So, so it had spent its life. I yep. imagine performing you know, transit duties from here yep. to and from work, and then by 1959 it was done. Yeah, it was the engine had been run to destruction. Ah, uh, okay. So what had happened? Well, you being a motorcyclist yourself, mm. you can imagine a V-twin, mm-hmm. the flywheels separate like yeah. so, and a rod comes out yeah. through the side of the engine casing. Yeah, uh, it's done. Yeah, usually. So yeah, <laughs> so what they did was apparently. These kids or the, got it and used to just push it down the hill uh, with the with with the wheels, no motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just drag it to the top of the hill again with a rope and then ride it down uh, and then drag okay. it back up. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Until until finally they thought, you know what? This thing's knackered. Yeah. Obviously they went somewhere, left Mount Morgan. Ah, uh, okay. And they simply threw the whole lot down the well. Down the well. And with the engine, they picked up the cylinder. And, I mean, as a man, I reckon you can throw probably a kilo and a half piece of steel about 40 yards. Yeah, yep. And so they did that. Yeah. They did that with the engine casings, the flywheels, the the conrods, the pistons, the barrels, the heads. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, and that, when we, were, when we were talking last time. Yeah. The rear head. Yes. Yep. Ended up a tree growing around it and it ended up in growing, being grown into a, a fork of a tree and it ended up about probably nine feet off the ground. That's crazy. That, that's phenomenal, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a story in itself. It is. It is. It's amazing. So I cut the tree down. Yep. Got yep. the head out. Yeah. And the head is still on the bike. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. 
So, so that's how I got it. That's how you got it. Now, so it was, and you were, so you did end up swapping. I did end up swapping yep. because I figured that the when you see a photograph of yeah. a 1906 FN, they are very much a veteran. Very yeah. much, they very much look like a push bike. Yes, with I a motor. Well, do, you, to them. do you know whatever? Or do you know whatever happened to that? Or is that going to be? An, or is that going to be another well, another day and another episode? I reckon. It's still with Gordon. Is it really? It's still up at Mount Morgan. Is it really? With Gordon. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool that there's mm. still it's still around. It's still around. That's awesome to know. It's that. still here. Yeah, that's cool. So, so what do you do from this point? You go okay. Uh, now I've got this. What what do I do? Well. What you do is you think, okay, I'm a fitter and turner by trade. Yep. So none of this is actually all that difficult to fix yep. as long as you know how to do it. Yes. Now, the good thing is the Indian itself was the highest quality motorcycle that money could buy uh, in those years. Yeah, sure. You look at all those other make. I mean, you know, a Bruff Superior. Mm-hmm. A um, maybe a Vincent, mm-hmm. a Vincent those years, yeah. you know, comparable. But in America, there was not a better motorcycle yeah. than an Indian. Yeah, and the, and why I say that is because the frames are made of chrome vanadium steel. Ah, uh, okay, it's Radio. the same steel that's in a Sid Chrome Spanner. Yeah, ah, uh, right. there you go. And when they and and they resist corrosion. Yes, very much. And this thing had resisted more than 40 years of being submerged. That's amazing, isn't it, really? Oh, well. When you think about it. Oh, well, you think about it. Yeah. You yeah. think about that. The fact that, you know, it's like raising the Titanic and fixing it. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> of course. It, it is. is. On, a, on like a 118 scale. <laughs> yeah. You got it. <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. So... um had had you done anything like this previously on this sort of scale though? Like it was this sort of like a this was a, like a big a big project for you. Yes, that, this yeah. was a yeah. big job, mm. and I'd never entered into something like something that. Like this. Yeah, but you know what? I when you read up about it, yeah. When you ask people about it, yeah. And of course, working in the railway workshops that helps helped a lot. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine it would. And it was the same thing, Brian, with Dad's Essex. Yes. You know, I probably shouldn't say it, but, you know, that was resurrected Through piece them. by piece, yeah. by little bit, by, by by nut, by screw, by, you know. Hmm. And the Indian, similar. But the best thing was that it wasn't done by them. Those fellows down there showed me how to do it. How to do it, yeah, of course. How to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. How to silver solder. Yes. They didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They showed They you. showed me how to do it. Yeah. So I was able to glean all of that information from those, um, I might say this time, wonderful tradesmen yep. that that lived down there. And, you know, I, I to this day now I feel honoured. Yeah, of course. Well, like we were talking about in the previous episode, like there is skills that have been – pass through there that you that uh i, I just you, you can't get them anywhere else like nope. they're just the thing like you know we were talking about the loctite and stuff like that with the yep. with the wick with the candle wicking and stuff and how yep. you did that like there is nowhere else that will do that like you don't like <laughs> no you know what i mean like the things the knowledge that's gone through there is amazing and and the fact that they're still that's still available today because of those people that did that is 
is unbelievable. And um, so, and the knowledge that's gone through that helped resurrect this bike. And so, what was one of the? What did you do first? Like, where where do you start with that? Like, I wouldn't have any idea where to start. Oh, okay. First of all, Brian, you need a frame. Yep. Yeah. So you need to ascertain the dimensions of the frame. Yes. Because if it's got bent legs, yeah. If, if the center line is not correct, if the 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 gooseneck, yeah, is is twisted. You need to straighten it. So you make a jig and you meet, make a jig off another frame that isn't bent. Ah, uh, okay. Is that what you do? Yeah. Yep. So you go about making it and it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. You can do that by a piece of plywood. Yeah. Okay. And you just simply uh, mark the positions of the, the footrests and the engine mounts, which are, you know, basically the 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 structure of the frame. Yeah, sure. And then you simply... Uh, run a string line. Yep. So you then you can push, cut, chop, weld until you get the right dimensions. And also, there is, and I mean, you got to admit also that there was no internet at this time. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. No, it was That's all right. done by letters. Yep. It was all done by word of mouth. Yes. And and advice. So, yeah. Yeah, so I was able to get a drawing, mm-hmm. and also get another frame. Borrow another frame. How did you source another frame? Oh, there's another one in town. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get it for years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's there. It's there. It's it's there. You know, it's around. It's yeah. 1930. 1930. Is it? Yep. Mm. Anyway. But you, but you use that as the as the use that as the template. The template. I had to give it yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Now, was it was it out of whack? Much? It most certainly was. It most, <laughs> it it most was it really? certainly was. Was it really? And unfortunately, I could not save. The left-hand upper member. Okay, sure. Uh, where where it went down uh, from the seat tube down to the rear axle tube. Because remember, it's a yes. solid rear frame. Okay, there's yeah. no suspension. There's no suspension. Yeah, radio. So Makes I had sense. to, I had to um, uh, graft in. Yep. A piece of aircraft tube. Aircraft tube. Yep. Wow. Aircraft tube is is the closest you go. You go. Yeah, sure. Radio. So it's That's not impressive. detectable. You, yep. You'll never see it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And um, I suppose this is the. Do they run a spring a seat? They run a spring a seat. They correct. Do. Yep. Which also was not there, wasn't that, it? No, no, no. It was not. Neither was the fuel tank, wasn't it? There was no, no fuel tank. There was I suppose no fuel tank there. Yeah. So what happened in that regard is I was lucky in the fact that I went out chase because that's when you ask start asking people. Yeah. So you know where any old Indian parts and they go, oh, ballot. What, what are you? Um, <laughs> what what do they look like? I said, well, they're red, and they had Indian painted on the side of the of the field. Oh yeah, well, there's an old there was an old there's an old dairy on the Delulu Road. I said it's about to get knocked down, but there was an old motorbike in it. Oh, you're kidding! So I went out there. What was it, Brian? What an, was it? An Indian. One hundred and one. Oh, you're kidding! One hundred and one. Wow! But all that was left of it. Yeah. It was the fuel tank. Someone had taken the fuel tank out of it, but here it was lying on the floor. And wow. A few, a few bits and nuts and bolts, but I don't know what the bike ever came to, but there was the fuel tank. But You're kidding me. Again, like you'd fired a shotgun through it. True. It was rusted. Was it really? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. But it was the shape. It, yeah, it had the shape. Yes. So I go back yeah. to Mount Morgan. Okay, yeah, sure. And... Um, I befriend two guys up there. Yeah. 
One is Albie Hawk. Yep. He used to be a turner up at Mount Morgan Mine in mm-hmm. the workshop, in the in the machine shop. Yep. And the other guy was Joe James. He okay. was a plumber. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah, yep. In the Mount Morgan Mine. Yep. Albie Hawk and um, Joe James were two of the finest tradesmen I reckon I've ever had the pleasure to meet. Wow, they're both awesome. gone. Yeah. No, oh. They're both gone. Yep. But Albie Hawk um, said to me, oh, he said, I'll be able to do all the little fine cycle work, all the, all the little nuts and bolts and threads like the, yeah, the like fuel tank cap, the yeah, oil yeah, tank sure. cap, uh, because those threads, Brian, are between 28 TPI and 40 TPI. Okay. Yep. And he said, oh, he said, if you, if you bring them up to my – I've got a house at Walter Hall – and he said, "If you bring them around, he said, I can I can do them for you." Really? So what I do is I drop up that drop up the samples, and then he would machine them, and yeah. then have them ready for me, say in a fortnight or so. And I'd ride back up on my old BMW. Oh, true. Yeah. And pick them up. And his wife Jean would always have a pot of stew. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah, wow. And some bushels tea, and she we would always have to have lunch. Yep. Before we went down, and and. Albie had made a, a homemade lathe. Yeah, right, a homemade one. A homemade lathe. He he made it and this is this is what I, I really, really respect about these yeah, guys sure. is they made something out of nothing. Wow. Yeah. I and mean, they were World yeah. War Two. Suppose they would, wouldn't they? And they yeah. and they, they were they were born during the depression and they yeah. knew yeah. hard hard times. Yeah, that's fair enough. And if they couldn't Buy what they needed. They made what they needed. So Albie made himself a lathe in the in the in the Mount Morgan Mine workshop That's out of a piece of H beam, bolted it between the two wooden posts yeah. on the of of this house in Walter Hall. And even as I said before, the the floor wasn't flat. <laughs> yeah. So if you've ever crazy. tried working on oh. an uneven floor, no. so he just used to bend his left leg and straighten <laughs> his right leg. And as I say, he never used to wear shoes. That's amazing. And of course, the hot shavings yeah. had come off the leg. <laughs> and of course, he'd be dancing around, you know, trying to. Oh, yeah, well, that's hot one. And, and then Joe, his, his, his best mate, yeah. uh, was a plumber. Okay. And right uh, yeah. he, Joe had said to me, Steve, Mount Morgan Mine were as mean as mean could be. They wouldn't buy him anything. Yeah, radio. And so he said, we had to fix everything yeah they would never buy us anything and if we were look like we we're going to be idle they'd say get down the dump they pull the roof off the uh the 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 sheeting shed or the yep. plump or the, the 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 smelting shed the what are the settling uh, settling yeah. shed he said they pull the roof off it's a bit rusty but go down there and get that corrugated iron and bring it back up and make buckets out of it You're until kidding. we tell you otherwise wow yeah. wow that's amazing so you know, you try and make a galvanised bucket out of yeah. corrugated roofing on. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, that's that is uh, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? So that's the calibre of Joe. Yeah. And I said to him, Joe, how did you how did you get the shape? And he said, I bent it round a fence post. You're kidding! Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> then he cut and shut the rest of it. You know what? It's it's better than a new one. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. That that's now. That's now more than thirty years ago. Is it really thirty years? Only thirty years. You got you, there's there's thirty year old tanks now. There's 
there's tanks, there's brand new tanks that are newer than that that wouldn't even be in that condition. Nope. Wouldn't, wouldn't survive like that. And, you know, the, the other peculiar thing about an Indian fuel tank is that they are in two halves longitudinally. Yeah, okay. So you have to – the oil tank is inside one yeah. half of the fuel tank. Ah, yeah, okay. So if you have an oil leak into yes. your fuel, yes, that engine's dead. Yes, of course. And so you have to be very careful when you solder it all together yeah. that when you solder the other half of the fuel tank into it, you don't melt the solder that you've soldered the done. oil tank oh, in. Oh, wow, of course, yeah. And – Geez, that would be hard, wouldn't it? You think about it. Yeah, bloody hell, it would be. Have a think about it. Mm. And then all the mounts are soldered into it as well, all the screwed mounts. Yes. All the blind tapped holes. It's yeah. not a small job, Brian. No, it that wouldn't is not be. a small job. No, and that's just the tank. That's just the tank. That's not the chain guard. Yeah. That's not the battery box. <laughs> yeah. That's not repairing yeah. the, the rear guard, the front guard. Well, anyway, that was that was um, sort of the Mount Morgan chapter, I guess. Yeah, sure. And then, um, uh, of course, you need sheet metal. So yes, you a do. chain guard. Yes. George Kent out at Gracemere. Oh, wow. Anybody yeah. you know George? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, George, George cut and shut the mud guards. I was going to say, what, yeah, did he do that, did he? He did that, but had to make a section. Make yeah. make make the section that was rusted through. So was it a re- so was it? Did you use the existing ones as a template, or did you fill? We used the existing one as a template. Yeah, okay. Then yeah. had to cut it. Yep. And then make it, and then butt weld them. Okay. Yeah, sure. And um, then okay, then comes wheels. Yeah. Did did you didn't have wheels at all? Well, there was nothing there. I ended up with the hubs. Oh, the hubs. Okay. But no brakes. Yep. And no rims. Wow. Yeah. What did they run? Did they run a front and rear brake? They only – they did, actually. Yeah. Um, so the the thing peculiar with the 1929 Scout was that it was a complete and utter departure from the 1927, oh, okay. 1926 well, yeah. and previous models. Yeah. Because it, Brian, was designed at the very height of the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, okay, radio. And they wanted a completely new-looking machine yes. that stood out from yes. the crowd. And so the 101 was the the, the model that yes. was, you know, the, my, my design. Yes. Designed in 1928. Yes. And um, uh, so um, it was – it had front and rear brakes, but the – the the front brake is an internal expanding. Okay. Yep. The back brake is an external constricting. Oh, so it's like a it's like a it's a band that a band squeezes that on the outside of the car. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. I, yeah. Well, on a motorcycle, you know, your front brake yes is your most efficient. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. your rear brake is yes. the less efficient. Yes. So that's that's, that's how, how they did it. That's how they. Originally planned it. That's smart. The um, the thing that so, so for for the Excuse so me. let's go. Oh, we'll keep going with the, the wheels hmm. at the moment. So now the so what about the rims and everything like that? Did you have to source that? Okay. Yes, I did. Yeah. Because the rims on an Indian are inclined at forty five degrees. Uh-huh. British rims are straight. Okay. Yeah. British rims are straight. 
American rims are beveled at 45 degrees. Okay. They are made by Kelsey Hayes in yep. the United States. So you can imagine Indian didn't build the rims. They bought them in. Okay, yeah, sure. And Yes. And so uh, they shared the same rim as a Harley. The Harley, yep. But, of course, the spoking was different. Okay, of course. And so it, it, it does it, – you have to get 101 rims. Yes. And did, were they were – they, or did you have to import those? Or? Came from a motorcycle shop, now defunct on the north coast. Kidding. Yep. They had a set there. Oh, what? Really? Yep. They had a set there. In the they, 80s? In the 80s. Yep. I had a set there. Letter writing, word of mouth. Oh, oh it you was, must have really had to read. Like, oh. you must have really th- threw a lot of pigeons out. <laughs> and I did. I did. I had pigeons going all over the place. <laughs> oh, oh, lordy. And then, of course, the spokes. They were handmade. Oh, really? Yeah, because they just, they, you know, nobody just sold spokes. Unobtainium. Unobtainium. Yeah. So they were made. Who, made, were, who made those? Um, it was. Do you remember Harry Rumpf? Yes. He used to have a cycle shop here in Rocky. Harry Rumpf was a he was a real man about town. Was a I think he was I think he was Greek. Yeah. But um chain smoker. Yep. <laughs> uh, and had a house up in Kent Street. Yeah. That would would you'd be able to take the posts out of it. It would still sit on all the motorcycle tires and the rims <laughs> and the <laughs> He was a great bloke. Yeah. He said, Here, give us give us the things here. Yeah, With yeah. a smoke hanging in his uh, mouth. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's what's the offset? And I'd say, Oh, uh, up on the left is a seven eight, on the in, on the other side's five eight. Yeah, right. Eh? Come back next week. And so he made the spokes and wow. laced them. Wow. And he laced them too. And he laced them too. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. The thing that the thing that um, I find very interesting about this bike is how it's got like a leaf uh, front spring. Yes. For the shocks. Yes. Well, for the for the yeah for the yeah. suspension. Yes. I should say that part I find very interesting. How do you, th- that mechanism looks pretty intricate, doesn't it? Well, did you have any of those parts? Um, I did not. Yeah. Uh, the spring came from um, a fellow by the name of Bruce Baker. Was a, a a pretty avid Indian collector. Okay, lives yeah. in the, lives at the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. and he also gave me the front links and the yeah. rocker links. Ah, oh, okay, well, yeah, and, I suppose you need all that too, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, and you've when you look at that um, spring suspension mechanism, it is very different to a Harley. It is because the Harley the axle leads mm-hmm. on an Indian the axle trails. Ah, yes. And when you think about it. Yep. Have a think about it in terms of directional stability. Mm-hmm. The motorcycle, the back wheel is pushing the front wheel. Yes. Right? Yes. So that if um, the, at, the, at the, point of, um, the point of thrust yes. is forward of the point of, of – uh, get this right. The point of thrust is forward of the point of fulcrum. Yes. So if you hit a bump, yes, the axle goes up. Yes, right. The rocker comes down, down. so the spring is pulled down. down. Yes. yes. So if in the event that all of those parts get worn, 
because the axle trails, the wheels, because of the gyroscopic force, it wants to self-center. Yes. But in a Harley, if the if that all that mechanism gets worn, the the wheel wants to send you into a tank slapper. It does, doesn't it? So and it's it does. the opposing. Yes, it does. You're right. And it does. And so they worked an Indian had that system for Ooh, I'm since since very the get go. That's very technically advanced, technically, isn't it? It is for safety reason. And the reason why is because Mister Hedstrom, who was the engineer, was a push bike racer. Oh, okay. Same as Mister Hendy, yes. George Hendy, who was the big the front man of Indian. He was oh, the big salesman. Okay, yeah. And they were both push bike racers. That's okay, how they met. No, is that what in it was? 1900, yes. Jeez. And they worked out that that was the most efficient way to suspend a, 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 a machine, especially a motorbike, and also when it wore, it didn't put you in danger. It's very smart. And it is. It right? is very smart. And it is. Yeah. yeah. Makes and sense. It's a very, a very, very uh, practical and safe thing to do. Hmm. I, I'm just uh, – Absolutely. Let's get into the the, the controls and everything. Of yes. It. Well, firstly, actually, before we do that, we'll talk about that at the end because I'm actually I'm more intrigued about the motor too because ah. the motor is a whole another story. Motor is a whole episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> firstly, what's the CC displacement on that? What is it? You know, what size uh, is it? My machine is thirty-seven cubic inch, six hundred and six CC. Okay, thirty-seven. So it sounds inch. a lot tougher than what yeah. it actually is. Yeah, yeah. But for a reason. Yeah. For a reason is that the roads back then, yeah. If if that machine, you know, had a high speed capability, it could only get you into trouble. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the roads aren't good. <laughs> the roads were just not no, good. No. In 1928. Well, that was. It wasn't that long that the automobile and the motorcycle and all that was been running. You imagine, you imagine trying to to make sufficient roads in. 30 years, like oh. over great distances of places and everything like that. It's not possible. No, it's not. Not, not, possible. not. not possible at all, you know. And uh, and that time too, that was sort of like right on the verge of depression too, Great Depression well, and everything like that too, wasn't it? Funny you should say that, yes, because, mm. because that motorcycle was built in the month that Kingsford Smith oh. flew the Pacific Ocean in yeah. VHUSU. Yes, Yep. So CG1102 rolled off the production line in State Street, Springfield, Massachusetts yep. at the same month that Kingsford Smith flew Work. off, <laughs> took a off. Isn't that crazy? And, well, it's, 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 amazing. A, it's a small world. It is a small world, isn't it? It's a small Absolutely world. Absolutely small world. Um, so, how, how, so to get to that point yep. where you were at that now, so yep. you've got, so let's just say Fargum, so you've done the frame, Yes. you sorted out the tank, You've got the you've got a bit of the framework done. Is that yes. the sort of point that you're at at the moment? Yes. How long did it get you to that point? Took me. Um, it came out of the well in January of 1987. Yeah. I reckon I had. I reckon I had that done, the frame, and started working on engine wheels. I reckon midway through. 89. Yeah. Was it was it the frame and everything you did first? That was the yes. first part? Yep. First part. First part. Then wheels. Then wheels. Then wheels. And then what was after the wheels? Then sheet metal. The sheet metal. Then okay. sheet metal. Yep. Then 
reserving engine. Yeah. Engine. Okay. So with engine, first of all, I had to re-instigate what the the corrosion had taken away from the engine cases. Okay, yeah, so sure. So that's aluminium welding. Yeah, that, wow, that's another thing too, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Rebuild the, wow. the, the, the bottom half of the motor case that was eaten away by the water in the well. That's um, that's crazy. How'd you go with that? So, you know, <laughs> down to the railway workshops. <laughs> go again. Down to the <laughs> railway workshops, put put each motor case in my lunch bag. Yep, yep. And take it to the wall. That's the only way I had. Of course you would. Why wouldn't you? It's like anything. You know, Have a look at a mechanic. When, yep. What do they do after they finish work? They work on their car. That's right. Well, why wouldn't you do the same thing? You've got the, the resources there available to do it. Why yep. not? Take advantage of it. So I'll forever remain indebted to a guy by the name of C.J. Dallow, Colin Dallow, who was probably one of the greatest welders I've ever seen in action. And Cole could actually weld, I reckon, two pieces of pie plate together. Really? He could weld anything. Wow. C.J. Dallow with a TIG. Really? And anyway, I'd, I'd say... CJ, is the case clear? He said, yeah, case clear. The foreman's gone. And, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. So in I'd go. He said, put on a bench. Right. Um, now, preheat it. Yeah. So what you've got to do is bring that aluminium because you're welding right in the middle of a, an aluminium casting yeah, that sure. hasn't seen heat for nearly a century. Yeah, okay, of course. Yeah, you know what of I mean? course, yeah, definitely. You're going to heat it up in the middle of it yeah. and the heat is going to want to go from the centre outwards. So yes. it's going to want to distort. So you need to bring it to an even temperature. Yes. That's the one. That's the first stage of welding. Yes. But, but. But. <laughs> when they made these things, they did not injection mould them. They really? sand cast them. Well, they didn't have oh, that technology. Yeah, of they course. never had pressure casting. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. They had so, sand casting. Yeah. Yep. So all of that metal is porous. Yes, it would be. So when you heat it up, yes. in the in the eighty odd years that that engine has sat there with oil in it, it soaked it up like yep. a sponge. <laughs> so when you heat it up, it's it comes fire. back out of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it does. It, so we did have a few fires, oil fires on the bench. And the more we heated it, Brian, the more the oil came out of it. Yeah, of course it was. Oh, and so we'd heat it, wipe the oil away, heat it, wipe the, try and weld a bit and wipe the oil away. And, and CJ just kept on going with it. And, Brian, it was, it was weeks that we'd take those really? do a little bit on it, yeah. put it away. The foreman had come, you know, if he put it away. Then pull it back out again, you know, and do a bit more. <laughs> and and then, of course, I ended up with two <clears throat> crankcase halves that would physically fit together yeah, and hold oil. Wow, so, that's impressive. Well. That's so impressive. You've got it. And you, what you end up doing it is hand-fitting it together with a file yeah. and a scraper. You would, wouldn't you? You do. Wow. Have to. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. Because those engine cases are done. Yeah. They've yeah. done their work. They've done yeah. their life. So then you you start to look at barrels, broken fins. Yeah, of course, yeah. So 
what you've got to do is you've got to reinstate that with cast iron. Ah, uh, of course. It can't be steel. Yes. Yeah. So Victor Lawnmowers <laughs> have cast iron barrels. <laughs> really? So, yeah. so in the motor shop, yeah. we used to have a fair selection of Victor lawnmowers from the Navi, Navi gangs, you know, looking after the, yeah, the, the railway yards. houses. Yeah, yeah. And so in the in the in the scrap bin, there would no, be, there'd be plenty of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you would take a cold chisel and a hammer. Yep. And you would smash off a fin that looked like sort of like the piece that was broken out of yours. Yep. And then fashion it with a file, clean up the Indian where the where the Indian's fin was broken off. Then you would support it by two uh, little clamps, yep, so that it sat in a straight line. Pack it, yep, and then braze it. Wow, with brazing rods. That's unreal. And and Brian, you'll never know. You'd never You'd know. You'd never tell. You look at that, you know, no. those barrels, yep, and you never tell that it was broken. No, because they taught me how to do it. Yeah, down there. <clears throat> There's some amazing work down there, isn't it? That oh yeah, yep. And Absolutely then, of course, phenomenal. then of course, the barrels were what they call tram tracked. Okay, which means that the the piston gudgeon pin, yeah, the circlip had come loose. Ah, okay. So yeah. what happens when the pin goes sideways and starts working its way <laughs> out the side <laughs> yeah. of your barrel? Yeah, that's what right. do you do then? <laughs> you get it rebuilt. It's, <laughs> it's got a. It's got a cylinder bore, yeah. but it's got a slot yeah, it about a sixteenth of an inch deep. So yep. Feel all that. they say, oh, Sonny, just take them down. You go down to Hillman Motors. There's a place. Oh, yeah. you know, go down to Hillman Motors and uh, they'll bore them for you. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. That's what they did. Is that what they, they did? Bored them and sleeved them. Oh, well, of course, yeah. Yep. yep. With Massey Ferguson tractor sleeves. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's got Massey Ferguson tractors. <laughs> oh, oh, the things you got to do, hey, that's well, amazing. Then yep. you think, okay, uh, valves. Yes, of course, yeah, yep. valves, yeah. Need a set of valves. Yep. So an Essex car. No. Same really? size. Same Is it size. really? Yep. And oh. also Essex pistons were the same. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Same size, but... Um, we, I couldn't find any decent ones. Okay. So a friend of mine said to me, I think there was a um, – I work for Hastings Deering and he said, I'm thinking that there was a two and three-quarter inch piston with a gudgeon pin in the centre of it. Now, what was it? He said, go out. He said, go and talk to Daryl James and he's the parts bloke. I went out there and he said, oh, yeah. He said a 1946 – Caterpillar D46U starter motor. <laughs> so we looked through the parts and here they were, two and three quarter inch. The head height was was right yeah. and the skirt height was right. So all we needed to do then yeah. was I took him down to a fellow by the name of Vic Lodwick. Yep. He's passed away now. But okay. He used to have an engineering works down in, in Murray Street. Yep. I said, Vic... Can you cam grind and taper these pistons? He's what are they going in? I said, Well, they've they've come out of a Caterpillar D four six U starter motor and they're going in an Indian. He said, You'll need you'll need to do about ten thou. Are you right? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll and you'll and you and you'll need to cam grind them about thirteen. They'll expand a fair bit across the pin. 
Be here right, eh? <laughs> so so, so wow. that's what we did. So oh. we cam ground them and taping them. Yep. And they're still in it, Brian. Yeah, are they really? They're still in it. Wow. That's cool. Yep. That's really cool. Well, it's just when you ask people. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's you and, yeah, you ask people, yeah, bloody own. So then you and then of course a set of flywheels. Yep. What do you do if yours are knackered? Uh well, I mean you can you can machine them and Well, that's rebel. what we did. You did. We went and got a piece of inch steel plate. Yeah. Cut out two discs with an oxy torch. <laughs> what else are you going to do? I know. Like, you got, I, mean, I should have. I should have known. How are you going to do it? How, how, how do you how, fix a hearse? Well, you can, that's exactly how right. How do you do you, it? Yeah, you can't. There's not. There's not. And there's no written book to it. Nope. There is no book. Yeah. So you go and get a piece of mild steel plate. Yep. You drill a hole in it. Yep. Then you mount it up in a lathe in a forge or chuck. Yep. And you get. You have an original piece beside you. Yeah, and mine were there, but but Brian, you remember they'd separated. Yes, yeah, that's they right. were toast. Yeah, and so the guys down in the railway workshops bought them. Ah, yeah, yeah, and taped them, and I befriended another guy. Um, geez, it's, it's just, this story goes on and on, I guess. But yeah, you're right. If um, if you've ever seen the movie Farlap, oh yes, yes. Well, when Farlap is going to the 1932 Melbourne Cup, yep. he's in a van. Mm-hmm. There are two Indians with a sidecar escorting the van. Yes. The guy in the white coat riding the lead Indian is a guy by the name of Robin Jeffrey. He's mm. passed away now. Ah, okay. But he was a tech college teacher at Bacchus Marsh in Melbourne. Yep. And um, Robin... Made all of the wrist pins, the gudgeon pins, all of those engine parts for that 101 Scout. So all the beautiful cheese head screws, all the the set screws, all the adjustment screws, all the retaining screws for the... The um the little flapper valve yep. to admit the oil into and out of the crankcase. Oh yeah, yeah. The oil pump pistons. Yeah. He made them by wow. hand. By hand. In his shed at Bacchus Marsh. That's amazing. And absolutely um, amazing. And so, you know, flywheel conrods. Yep. I could re- I conrods I could retrieve. You could. Yep. yep. They they were still okay, but bent. Oh, so you just had to straighten them. So we had to straighten them. Yep. Yep. And so uh, when you rebuild the engine, the most important thing is to take the rings off the pistons. Yes. And make when the when the barrels are bolted to the crankcase, yep. make sure that the pistons are going up and down in the bore straight. And you do that by getting some bearing blue, some Prussian blue, artist blue. Yes, yes. Put a very, very light coat. On yep. the barrels. On the barrels, yep. Work the pistons up and down, no more than two strokes. Yep. Then take the barrel off. Yep. And see the mark on the piston. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. That will tell you if it's, you know, if it's rubbing on the left at the top and the right at the bottom, yes. you know to bend the piston that way. That way, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, now, is that what you did? So you bend the rod, I'm bend sorry. Bend the rod, yeah. Bend, that, the, bend rod. the rod, yeah. So you then make a little rod bending tool, which is essentially just a piece of box 
yep. two bits of flat bar and, an, and a bolt on the other side in the middle. Yep. And you just simply put the rod through the box and tighten the bolt up yep. to bend the rod. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. That's what pretty simple stuff. Yeah. But you need to do it. Of course Otherwise you do, yeah. you end up with an engine that'll bind up. Yeah, of course, definitely. Yeah. And especially if you're going into that much detail to make sure that to get a to get a running oh, again, yeah. you take the time to do it, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's 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 phenomenal. That, and it's amazing to think that a guy was doing that, having he was making all his own that's all bits and pieces for it. And the tragedy with Robin Jeffrey, yeah, is that ah, gee whiz, he had a beautiful shed. His son had a bull taco, okay, uh, bike, yep, uh, but had a plastic fuel tank. Oh. And he was charging the battery. Oh, no. He hooked the wrong terminal. Oh, no. And the wires heated up. Yeah. Uh, he was called into tea. So he was having tea with Robin and yeah. his mum. And, of course, next thing the neighbours said, oh, Robin, your shed's on fire. Oh, no. And so he ran back. But what had happened was the, the wires had melted and, and fused. fused it. Yeah, melted the fuel tank. The fuel from the Bultaka had gone all over the floor, ignited. Oh, no. And burnt that beautiful Indian. Oh, no. To a a, a molten – the engine was simply a, a little puddle of aluminium. Yeah, of course. And that beautiful 101 is now no more. That was in Farlap. Yeah. Robin uh, has passed away. Since and then, yeah. So oh, it's Yeah, it is a tragedy. And it, it's such a – um, it's a it's a it's a it's a tragedy in in many senses, isn't it? Not just it is, it you know, is. and then also too, like there goes that knowledge. There unfortunately, goes. you know, like that's you know, I talk about this all the time, like I'm saying that yeah. you know, when someone passes away, mate, that's that's that knowledge that goes with them. That's you it. Know? So you know, it's, it's just that's a that's a sad thing. But what about what about all the other little bits and pieces that come with the bike as ah. well? So you got like things like the lights. You've got you got throttle controls. You've got Gearing, yep. gear knobs and all that sort of bits and pieces. Well, the yep. headlight. Yep. I befriended a guy called Robert <laughs> Robert D. Baird. Really? Yep. He was a lovely guy and he advertised in the the Australian classic bike. Okay. He lives in Texas. He's oh, gone okay. too. Is he? But yep. But he metal spun me a, an original a bullet headlight. Not an original, yep. but he made it. On yep. a metal spinning machine. Wow. In Texas and Santa Diva. That's amazing. And um, the handlebars. Yep. Um, the fittings were made in France. Really? Yep. France? In a place just outside Paris. Wow. Yep. Uh, who advertised Indian stuff. So yep. I, I purchased them. Um, the seat came from. Now, where did the seat come from? Seat came from Gordon, I think. Did it really? Yeah. Uh, but uh, the springs were made in the railway workshops. Yeah. Blacksmiths. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. That's yeah, yeah. cool. Um, oh, to the specs. Of, all to, the controls. Yeah. Now, the Indian, being a very, very high quality mm-hmm. thing, uh, article, the controls go up the inside of the handlebars. Oh, that's very that, yes. That's very in, so innovative of them too, isn't it? The left, the left twister. Yes, is the throttle. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's the right twist is, is the, the spark advance. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Magneto. Yes. Yes. So, it's a very ingenious setup. It's like a 
how would you say? It's like a, a flat plate with two pins coming off it. Yeah. That work through a slot in the handlebar. Yeah. That is driven by an internal spiral. Mm-hmm. So the twister has an internal spiral which drags this plate with the two pins forward and backwards. Yes. Okay, that's what you're saying, yes. So then the cables are steel, um, well, flexible cables that are rather like a, actually what mine are, uh, MIG um, cables, MIG welders. Oh, ah, okay, yeah, sure. They'll have a spiral wound outside. Yes. But then have a stainless steel inner. Ah, and yes. And so to get the right size... I was looking around and it's a, a 3.2, yeah, 3.2 mil WIA MIG cable. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. MIG liner. Okay. There you go. Yep. Oh, I suppose you've got to make something out of nothing, well, isn't it? Well, there you go That's again. It. Yeah. And so it, and as I said, Brian, it's, it's all things that are possible knowing how yeah. to solder, cut threads, yes. weld, and and turn you know so that's uh that's very ingenious isn't it so uh was it uh so you've got the you got the spark advance on the right you've got oh. the throttle on the left yep and then um it, to, to operate you've also got a, you've got a gear shift you've got a gear stick on the right gear stick on the gear right stick yeah. on the right gear stick now and, the, and then the pedal brake on the right which is rear foot brake rear foot brake rear foot brake is the right handle, is it the front brake? Front brake. Yep. Does it run a clutch on the handle or the Left foot? Left foot. Left foot. I knew it. <laughs> Left foot. Left foot. Left foot. Right, yeah. Left foot clutch. Wow, isn't that in, that's a, that, does it really get you going when you're thinking about, like you have to really use your hands? Or you got, you got to not get on there. You got to not get on there drunk. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> and a hill start. Oh, that would be hill start. Is a, is a certain challenge. So, okay, to start the Indian, yes, uh, the Kickstarter is in the right. Of course, okay. you've got to get up on the right stroke. Yes, of course, yep. Right. So it's about two and a half strokes through to suck in on full choke. Yes, okay, yep. Suck a bit of fuel in the suck carburetor. Fuel. Yep. Right. Uh, in neutral gear, which is uh, one down from full back. So full back is... First yep. gear. Oh, okay, yeah. Neutral. Yes. Then second. Yes. The stick lays at about uh, probably 70 degrees. Yep. And then at 90 degrees is top gear, so the stick lays uh, flat. Okay, full. yeah, so sure. So make sure it's in neutral. Then um, uh, you give it probably around about uh, a bit over half. Spark okay. Advance. Yeah, Spark Advance. Is it like a retractable? Yes. Pro- it is. Okay. Yes. So full forward is retard. Yep. Full ad- round is advance. advance. So okay. back towards you is advance. Yes. Same with the throttle. Yes. Okay. So throttle, adva- advance the throttle, pull it towards you, yes. shut it off, you roll it back away from you. Yes. So get it up on stroke, get some fuel into the carburetor, uh, give it about half retard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give it about three eighths of an inch of throttle. Okay. Yep. So then <laughs> push down, <laughs> push down on the right starter on the right. Yep. And uh, get it happy. Get yes. It settled. Then, in order to start off, you have to put your 
uh, settle the throttle say, and put your uh, index finger, your right index finger on the brake to hold the front, to hold the bike. <laughs> yeah. yep. Then your right foot, toe, push down on the clutch. On the clutch, yes. Okay. Now, the good thing about an Indian is that when you push the toe down, the pedal will stay there. Oh, okay. So right, it yeah. will remain disengaged. Oh, really? Okay. Like a Harley. No, okay. Right like a Harley. Yeah. So when you push the pedal, it has got a friction brake on it and it will stay right. at, it, at any position you set. Until you... Until you... Edge it forward. Yeah. Until you release it. So right. then, yes. Uh, so you advance the throttle a little bit. Yep. Uh, clutch in and then one pull back. One pull to back. pull back. First yep. gear. Yep. And... Because the primary uh, runs in, well, it did run in gearbox oil, but I run mine in ATF. Okay. Yep. Sure. Simply because out here, um, the yeah, the 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 gearbox oil simply gets too thick yeah. for the for the clutch plates, which right. is also running in it to yeah, separate. Yeah. So you end up with a lot of clutch drag. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And quite yeah. often you'll hear them, you know, yeah. you know, in yeah. the first gear, ATF fixes it. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Just. Just get a little bit of me- mechanical sympathy and just pull it. You can feel the cogs whirring. Yeah, and yeah. And you just simply just feel them and then just let it drop in. Let, let it drop in. Yeah. Yeah. And so then all you simply do then is press down on your heel mm-hmm. and the, the clutch will begin to engage. Ah, uh, yeah. And then the Indian will move off. So you advance the throttle on the left. Yep. Advance the spark advance yep. on the left. Yep. And then when you want to change the second gear, you roll both your wrists off. <laughs> Push the clutch in yeah. with, with your Gear. with your right with your left foot. Yep, and then then with your right hand go down through neutral to second. Wow, and then put your both hands back on the handlebars and press back down with your right heel. Yes, and engage second gear and advance the spark and advance the throttle. Wow, that's a that's an experience. To it ride, is, isn't it? It is, and um, you get actually. You don't realise it, Brian, but you get quite proficient at it. Oh, I could imagine you would with anything. As you as you as you ride it more and more, you you get used to it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Second nature. Yeah, of course, makes perfect sense. I, <laughs> that's, that's phenomenal. What now? What about the um, what about the things like like the exhaust system, the carby, and all that sort uh, of stuff? How about that? Well, the exhaust system has its own special little story. Does it really? Yeah, it does. yeah, cool. And I could not get one. Couldn't get one. I could not find one. Yeah, yep. And there was uh, an Englishman. He's he's passed away too. His name was Jeffrey Brown. Jeffrey Brown. And uh, he lived down at Yapoon. Okay, so he was a local he, fella. He was a local fella. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and that was the wonderful thing. Part of the story of this Indian is it was fixed locally. Yeah, that's really that's really cool. It was. Yeah, that's it what was, I love about that. I love hearing about that. Yeah, it was brought to life here. Yeah, and. Jeffrey, um, Jeffrey loved mufflers. Okay, yep. and he was a, he was a British uh, motorcycle enthusiast. Yeah, and um, he suffered a health problem. He, I think, he had neck cancer. Okay, sure. But anyway, Jeffrey built a machine which louvered tubing. Ah, now, okay. If you have a look inside a lot of mufflers, you'll yes. see. That they have louvered tubing. It's it's a, a, a piece of exhaust pipe with, for all the want a better word, a little holes punched in it mm-hmm. in the shape of you know when you see a louver of the side of a bonnet of an old car. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like that. It's yeah, just okay. Yeah. So the the 
how it works is the the uh, the sound. If you put the the louvers facing the direction of the of the of the exhaust blast, yeah, this the exhaust blast will go up and into the outer casing and the sound deadening. Well, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You want to turn it the other way around. Yes, so that the sound travels out. But the exhaust blast travels over the leading edge of the holes and out the tailpipe. Ah, okay. Yeah. So he said to me, Steve, he said, I reckon I could build an exhaust system for that bike. And I said, Jeffrey, how are you going to go to get inch and five sixteenth tube? Because where the, the the front pipe comes down past yeah. the um, the front cam case and it and between the front brake pedal. And if you put inch and three eight tube in there, it won't fit. Oh, of course, yeah. And you can get heaps of inch and three eight, but yes. not inch and five sixteenths. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so inch and five sixteenths. He said, Steve, let me let me have a look. Yeah. So we looked around. You know what he found? What did he find? You remember in the old days, yeah. beds used to be made out of pipe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they used to have little blue porcelain um, decorations on the on the on the droppers. Yes. And they sometimes they had little gold cast brass pieces on the, each corner. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Inch and five sixteenth tube. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Inch and five sixteenth yeah. tube. So if you get a bed which is not in too bad condition at the dump. You can source it. You can source oh, some inch and yes. five sixteenth tube, which if you carefully manipulate it yeah. and cut it and bend it and 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 screw it around, because it's actually it looks simple, but yeah. it isn't. Oh, I can imagine it wouldn't be. No, it is not. Imagine and it, it all happens in a you know a very short space yeah. of area. So he built the front pipe. And then the other pipe has to come out of the <laughs> rear cylinder and deviate immediately to go past the chain guard. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so he does that and then drops down into a straight pipe with an expansion chamber. And Brian, he made me the most beautiful fishtail. Yeah, really? Yeah. That's did. cool. Out of one piece of metal. Wow. That's impressive. It's not quite original. But I, I will never ever change it. Well, in it, in it, in it it's, itself is actually pretty impressive, and the fact of the history, the story behind it as well, like that, to me, it almost has a bit more of a more. It's more important in itself because of the because of the story behind it and the talent and the and the the workmanship that was involved. The fact that it was here as well, I think it's got a bit bit cooler to be able to tell that as opposed to just picking up one that you found somewhere. I think and. And and you're right. Yeah, it's all about the people. Of course, it is. And well, well, dare I say, the love. The love. Yeah, of course. That went. Of course, definitely. To put that old machine yeah. back together after it was well and truly done. Because the thing, like that in itself, is the big part of the story. Is the people that are involved behind it that got behind, helped out. It's it is a, it is a love story in the sense of building that piece of machinery and and getting all the people put together to do it it is an amazing story isn't it and it, and it is and it is and it's like it's better than just saying oh i sourced a part here oh they sent me over this they sent me you, you the amount of 
the amount the, the, the amount of stories and stuff that you got behind it because yeah. and what you had to do to go out above and beyond to make something out of nothing well, is is unbelievable. You know, even the magneto. Yes. Yeah, it can't run without yeah. a magneto. Oh, that's true. And it needs a split dwarf. Yeah. DLX. Yep. Magneto and nowhere was there a magneto <laughs> except I went back down to Bruce. Did you? Oh, yeah. Dead yeah. Baker down at the Gold Coast. He said, Bally, what do you need now? I said, Bruce, I need a magneto. And he said, mm, I think I've got one here. You're kidding. So, but it was in a bucket. Was it? Yep. <laughs> of pieces. Oh, bucket, really? of bucket. parts. So I don't know whether you remember Peel Auto Electrics. No, I don't. Yep. No, we're... Bobby Peel had an auto electrical business in Alma Street. Not did he really? Ju- only a block from the railway workshops. Actually, oh. it was painted yellow. Would you believe? Would you believe? I'm pretty sure. I'll show you after the episode, after yeah, the show. Yeah. Take you downstairs. I'll show you some match. I've got match a box of matches. Right. With Peel auto. auto on it. And um, you know the the one they give their promotional products. Yep. With the little flick one off yeah, and you tear yeah. it. Yeah. I've got. I'm. I'm a hundred percent sure. I've got. I've got their old promo. I had a box of them. They were cleaning out the shed down the back there, and uh, it was. And um, they had these old matches down there with Peel Auto on it. I'll, I'll give you some of them. If, Gee whiz. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robert Bobby Peel. In his part-time, so he's trying to conduct an auto-electrical business down there and here I've walked in with a tray full of rusty screws and a couple of horseshoe magnets and a brass cover and a couple of fibre gears (laughs) and he's gone, what is this? I said, it's a magneto off an Indian. He said, what model? I said, oh, 101. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I know them. He said, it's split off. And I said, yeah, it is. And he said, doesn't look much. But he said, oh, he said, I'll probably need to remagnetize it, which he did. He did. And he said, oh, I'll I'll probably rewind the, um, the, 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 what do you call it? Mental blank. The, the rotor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rewind it. Yep. And, uh, he said, oh, take me a while. You're in a hurry for it. And I said, well, not really. And he said, yeah, well, I might uh, – he said, I'll give you a ring if I need any bits. Okay. So what I do, Brian, is on my way home from work. Every I so often. Near, yeah, yeah, I pop in. I call in. Yeah, I it. just call in. He said, I didn't get much done to it this week. He said, I'll get a bit of a go at it next week. So and – and on that basis, yep. he repaired that magneto and, you know, when you, when you, when you think of quality – yeah. That that those points are made of titanium. Huh. Really? Yes. Back uh, then. Back then. Back then. Back then they were using titanium. Titanium. Damn, that's impressive. And they're still there. That's unbelievable. There's, it still runs on its original points. And that makes Wow, that's only a hundred years old too. It is. Only a hundred years old. Jeez. It's still going. Uh the only concession I had to make was I had to put a condenser off a Victor lawnmower. 
It's another Victor Lawnmower no, coming no, again. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, oh, wow. Uh, and the, um, gee, what else? Oh, the the clutch. The clutch. Oh, yeah. I suppose mm. anything about the clutch. Yeah. Seven plates. Se- seven plates. Seven plates. Jeez. So you think, hmm, where am I going to get <laughs> the, the the steel <laughs> plates? Are not so bad. Yeah. Because what you can do, Brian. Is you can even if a bit rusty. Yeah. You simply get a piece of glass. Yeah. And a piece of say four hundred grit wet and dry. Yep. And if you the 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 clutch is about mm, five and a half inches in diameter. Yep. So if that's about the span of your fingers, if you put it out, you know. Yeah. So if you can put them on the clutch plate, and you can do a figure of eight. Mm-hmm. on the 400-grit piece of paper on a piece of glass with some kerosene. Kerosene is a cutting agent. Is that really? Yes. I, didn't know, I actually didn't know that. Kerosene I did not know that. Oh, wow, I there you go. I learned that from my days in the Westinghouse. Oh, true. Scraping air valves. Oh, okay. And lapping in air valves, you do it with kerosene. Kerosene is also a polish. I didn't, well, I, I heard that I've, I've seen WD-40 as like a bit of a polish. Correct. Yeah. So but kerosene. Kerosene is a cutting compound. Oh, I didn't know that. Very, very fine cutting compound. Wow. And so with um, your, your hand get terrible smelly. Oh, yeah. Because you've got to do both <laughs> sides of them. Of course. So <laughs> you sit there, my fairly numbing sort of a task yeah. is just go in a figure of eight. Yeah, of course. Face the plates. Yeah, of course, yeah. Then, then of course, there comes a point of where do you get the fibre plates from? Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, problem. Mm. But when you talk to the boss of the electricians down there, yeah, by name of John Kelly, yep. he said, oh, he said, that's about, that's about the thickness of, uh, gee, a fibre plate that we use in switchboards. <laughs> I said, is that right, John? He said, yeah. He said, come out to the back. Come out the back of the old compressor. Yeah. And so the compressors in those days in the railway workshops were old ballasts. They were English compressors. Ah, okay, radio, yeah. They were, they were brought over. Yeah. We, um, we uh, only had the one yep. because the matching one was sunk by a U-boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they had to buy an Atlas Copco. Did they? Yeah, yeah, they had one ballast and one Atlas Copco. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so out the back of the old ballast yep. was here was this sheet of one-eighth fibre switchboard material that had not seen any light of day probably since World War II. Wow. And he said, yeah, we don't use it anymore. Here, take it. Oh, jeez. So I'd be I the cut, chances of that. Yeah, I cut the – I cut. The, <laughs> Did I you cut really? The, yeah. I made, oh, wow. I made the driven plates out of that. <laughs> oh, and just with a hacksaw yeah. and a drill and a fret saw. Oh, you're kidding. Just sit there and make the lot. That's some, isn't that amazing? Like another one of those reaching out to your mates, there reaching out to the people, eh? There it is. Another source. Yep. You would never, I would, you'd never even think of that, would you? Huh? How's that for, that's amazing. Did you have much, did you have much trouble with the carb? Did you have to the source carb, the What carb, was the go with the carb? The carb was, the carburetor on that actually is a DLX 51. Okay. Which is a, is a Schrebler. Yep. Uh, good carburetors. Mm-hmm. But 
the one that I really required was a DLX 50. The 51 okay. is for a 750. Oh, uh, okay. So it's a bigger carby. It's a bigger carby. Yeah. So what does one do? The Venturi in it is yeah. different. Yeah, okay. And the emulsion tube that draws the fuel up from the fuel bowl yeah. into the centre of the um, the uh, the Venturi mm-hmm. gives the motor too much fuel. Yeah, so you restrict it a bit or something? or do you? Well, what you do is you push out the 751, which is shrunk in there. It's aluminium yeah. sitting in brass. Okay, yeah. Seated right, in yeah. brass. Yep. So you make a 600 Venturi. Ah, yeah, okay. And you push out the 750, yep. fit it with the 600 yes. uh, um, Venturi, and then you make a new emulsion tube ah. with a smaller hole in it. Wow. So you, you do that with a, um, a number drill. Yeah, okay. And so pretty pretty simple because the good thing about Americans is that when they listed all the parts in the parts mm. book, they told you what drill they used. Oh, that's good, isn't it? So, yeah, that's so really good. So you can good. replicate it. You can replicate it yourself. You can do it. What was it like firing that motor up for the first time? Well, when, oh, <laughs> tell you. And, and how, long, how long was it that you, until you fired up the motor, actually? That's a good question. Well... I fired that motor up after I came home from riding around the world. Oh, so it was after that. Okay. After. Yeah. I was trying to get it done before the end of 1990. Yes. But not a hope. I couldn't do it. It was too much work. Yep. And so I went for that ride around the world on the BMW. Yes. I came back in, when was that? About Jill... About June of 92. Okay, yeah. So you were for about two years. So about that. Yep. So I thought, right, I better get the Indian going. <laughs> so so I, I'd i had it um, essentially all assembled and ready to go. Yeah. But decided that if I couldn't get it to go, it's not much point in, you know, not having the time yeah. to do it before. So when I got back, Brother David... And I, because David had certainly taken a keen interest in Indians. After, after seeing so this? After seeing this bike come together. Yeah. Uh, seeing a picture is one thing, but then seeing it in the flesh. Real life, yeah. Is something quite different. And so David was uh, smitten. He was, was he? Oh, yeah. David yeah. was smitten. So we decided today's the day. So... Gearbox oil, fill it up. Engine oil, yes, holding engine oil, yes, good. Get uh, the little hand pump, push some uh, water, uh, put some uh, oil down into the sump. Yep. Good. Undo the sump drain plug, yes, it's down in there. So undo the level plug, push, 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 pump. Yep, that's enough. Yep. Only takes about a, only takes about a cup of oil in the sump. Oh, is really? Yes. Okay. Because it's total loss. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, sure. Yep. We should probably touch on that. Yeah, touch on that, yeah. And um uh and well, well we'll finish the start start. Yeah. So so we've done all that and of course, you know, I've never had kids. Yep. So I I I can imagine that when you're waiting in the delivery room, your heart <laughs> is kind of pumping a little bit, you know. Yeah. So with that thought, yeah. I thought, okay, we better take it out. Yep. And so we took it out into the gutter. In Mead Street, 
and uh, with a bit of an audience mm. from Bill Fox and, <laughs> and no, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Chase next door and the Carnies, you know, yep. next door, uh, proceeded to kick and could get a sort of a foot out of it. Yeah, okay. Kick, 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 foot. Yeah. Kick, 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 foot. And think of what it wants to go. Yeah. Well, maybe we need a little bit more number of kicks. Yeah, okay. So I'm thinking, well, why don't we take it to the top of the hill at Mead Street and push it down? <laughs> so, so, so I very, very proudly got to the top of the hill, got through a leg over the Indian, put it into second gear, uh, pushed the clutch in and then David, I set the throttle. I said, David, give us a push. Right, right, right. <laughs> so run, 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 run down, set the throttle, set the, the, the spark advance. And and everything, and then got it, got it a bit of speed, and then let the clutch out. And I got to the bottom. Ah, jeez, it was nearly went. Yeah, nearly went. Yeah, let's do it again. So we pushed it back to the top of the hill, and David said, "Here, give me a go." Yeah. So I thought, right, okay. So he got on it. And I'm push, 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 push. On his shoulders, I am. Push, 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 push. <laughs> Next thing, foota, 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 foota. And then, for the first time, I heard that engine. It it, it ran. Up. It ran. Oh wow! It ran. And here was this just this beautiful, hollow, low thumping note. Yes. And uh, I I just thought, wow, we. And of course, it started to take off yeah and of course it david's shoulders left my fingertips <laughs> and of course what did he do rode off yeah of course and so he selected third gear going past 21 mead street and rode up to um jardine street yeah. waved at me turned right and disappeared from sight <laughs> And I thought, hang on, hang on, this is my bike. This is, it's mine, it's mine, it's gone. I've just spent five years working on it and it's gone. And so David yeah. laid claim to having the first, <laughs> first ride on the end. I couldn't believe oh, it. Oh, you're kidding. I couldn't believe oh. it. I couldn't believe it. So, oh. my, and so here he is. Uh, he's gone the long way. Yeah down to Wanda Road and then come back along Heath Street mm -hmm. and I could look in between the neighbours' houses and see David ride along this beautiful red Indian with this lovely cloud of blue smoke behind it. Yeah. And then he turned right back into Mead Street and pulled up and here was this beautiful uh, Indian sitting there idling in the gutter, blowing a little bit of blue smoke, which is correct. Yep, which is good. Which is correct. Yep. And um, – and that was the first time that it created its own heat. Wow. Since, Probably well, 50 since years 50 earlier. 50 years. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It was back. Yeah. That's beautiful. Jeez, that's a beautiful story. Well, Isn't it, it? And it and it was and it's a it's a testament to everybody yeah. that worked on it. That's the that's the biggest thing that I could take away from that mm. is hearing how much of a how much of a thing it did for like how it, the amount of people that came together, yeah, to help you do you know, that, and then obviously you know for everything yourself as well. But even 
just beautiful, isn't it? It, it is, and and you know, it it we haven't even touched on the gearbox. Well, yeah, there you go. There's another story. There's what? a there was a there's a there's a very very intricate little piece mm. uh, that sits on the end of the output shaft, yeah. which is the kickstart ratchet. Okay, yeah, sure. Not yep. curable, unobtainium. Another in one of those eighty-eight unobtainium bits. So what'd you do? Well. <laughs> When, when I say I asked my friends, yeah, I went back to the tech college that I did my time, that did my training. Oh wow! Just here yep. in Alma Street, yeah, yeah, tech college, and the one of one of the teachers there that I always had a very great respect for was a guy by the name of Neil Coveney. Okay, sure. He was a Torana man, yep. and he also had a number of well, lovely 1948 Jaguars. Oh really? He was a car man. You know. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so I'd said to him, Neil, do you think you could make this? Mm. I said it's it's tapered, it's hardened, it's got a ratchet on it, but it's also got a gear on it. Yeah. And he said, Oh, Steve. He said I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to work out the pitch circle diameter of the teeth, the the gradients, the the pressure angles. He said. Gee whiz, that's that's not a that's not an easy job. But he said, "I'll give it a go." Yeah, well, you know what? What he did? He did. He did made he really? It, he made still it. on it. You're kidding. It's never failed. Not wow. once. Not ever. Wow. Nope. Testament not to once. him. Yeah, te- and a testament, Brian, because that mm. that's not easy. No. That no. That kickstart gear is a very very in- when you see it. Yeah. For an old machine, it's an intricate part, and you know. He made the kickstart gear as well. You know, the thing is when you when you go to these <coughs> classic <coughs> when you go to these classic bike meets or you go to these car meets and stuff, mm. without hearing the backstory of those bikes and all the bits and pieces, you don't really have an appreciation for what you're really looking at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can you can picture and go, Oh wow, that's a that's a nineteen twenty eight model Indian. Yeah. But without hearing the amount of stuff that's involved to get that to where it is today yeah, really makes you appreciate yeah. what you're looking at. And yeah. so it's funny that just hearing what we've been talking about today, <clears throat> next time I go to look at the bike, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I'm going to know what I'm looking at more, you know, just have more appreciation for what I'm looking at. Yeah. You know what and I mean? I think it's really cool. That's what I, I, that's what I like. That's why I like hearing that stuff. You know, well, and, and I'm sure that's why that's why people are asking you. <laughs> people asking and, you back, <laughs> and and you know, when I ride it, yeah, it it's just it's the most beautiful machine. Yeah, it responds to you just yes. as it did, just as it was designed to, to do. do. Yeah, you know, back nearly a hundred years ago. Yeah, it gives just as much pleasure now than what it did back then. It's done more work now. Yeah. From between the time I restored it mm-hmm. to now than it did between the time it was built, yep. delivered and pushed down the hill in 1959. Isn't that crazy? You know? know? And then you think about Albie Hawke, yep. Joey James, mm-hmm. you know, Neil Coveney, Colin Dallow, George Kent, all of those – All of, yeah, I mean I can see their faces. Yeah, you know? yeah I, of course. And I, I remember what – with their voices and how they used to be and how, the, you know, the story yeah. of the Indian. Yeah. Uh, and um, just for the listeners who are, who are hearing, 
you brought in a photo of the of the Indian, yeah. and um, and it's a photo with Albie, is it? That's Albie. No, that is Joey James. Oh, that's Joey James, is it? He was the plumber. He's the plumber. It had to make the buckets out oh. of galv secondhand galvanized iron. It's and a credit to him, isn't it? Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, he, that's right. He was the man. That, and yep. there's a little insert there of the fuel tank, and he was he was very proud of that. Oh, I would be too. He was proud of it because a nobody had ever asked him to do it. Yeah, before. right. Okay. Well, see, that's another thing too, because you're giving all these people some challenges, and <laughs> and they prevail, and they and they're coming through with it. Challenge it was. Yeah. Challenge it was, and you know, in looking back, Brian, they charged yeah. me nothing. Yeah. For yeah. it. For some for things that would be classed as unobtainium. Yeah. And. Uh, isn't that amazing when you think about it like that too? They did it as a matter of course. Yeah. You know, it oh, was yeah. just thread cutting. Yeah. It was just bending a sheet of – he just made it out of black iron. That's all he did. Just, just out of panel steel. Amazing. It's nothing special. Who who did all the painting? Who did you get to do all the painting? Oh, 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 oh yeah, we forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did it. Did you really? I painted it underneath the house at did Mead you? Street. Yeah. In 2K <laughs> – Akran. Oh, Jumax, really? Akran, yeah. two-pack. Mm. But the striping, yes. the pinstriping yes. is gold leaf. And in originally the, the, the pinstripers at State Street at the factory in, in Massachusetts yeah. were women. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Steady yep. hands. Yes. Patient. Yes. 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 And with a, and with a nice fragile touch, yes. nice gentle touch. So women – Sign riders around here, a little bit few and far between. Yes, of course, yeah. So uh, what they used to do also is a gold leaf is paint on, uh, essentially paint close to gold. It can be yellow. But then what they do is they stick gold, um, beaten gold in it. It's actually beaten gold in a on paper. Ah, uh, yes, okay, yep. So you... Paint it, and whilst it's still wet, you put the gold leaf on it and then peel it off. Uh, yes, I know exactly what you're talking yes. about. Yes, yes. So, so I'm thinking, who am I going to get to do, do that? The pinstripe, one eighth of an inch wide. Yeah, three quarters of an inch. It's I'm, I'm, I'm laughing from the at each edge. I'm laughing how you even know the measurements of that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's etched indelibly in my mind, right? Because after you put all that work, yeah, of course, into the mud guards and paint. Yeah. So anyway. I got. I was introduced to a guy by the name of Bob Brown. He yeah. used to be a sign writer. He's passed on as well. Sign writer used to live in Church Street in Rocky. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Yep, yep. Anyway, they said, take it around and see Bob. He'll do it for you. Right. So I, I take the mud guards and the fuel tank and the battery box and the chain guard around, and Bob has come home from work. Mm. Uh, chain smoker. Yep. In a uh, in a in a Jackie Howe t-shirt. Pair of stubbies and driving a Holden, one ton Holden, yeah, black <laughs> yeah. one ton Holden. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I, I'm there at half past five and he drives up the gate, you know, and he's, he's, his cigarette ash has fallen into the hairs of his chest, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, get it, here you go, I'm right here. And uh, what do you want? And I said, Oh, can you do these? Um, oh, yeah, you're the bloke with the Indian. Yeah, well, bring them in under the house, put them on the table. Yeah. So, anyway, he's put them on the table. And then, of course, he's reached in for probably the, about the eighth beer that he's had <laughs> that day. 
And of course, he's got the smoke hanging out of the side of the mouth. And she said, Right, what do you now? What do you now? What do you want? You want three, uh, three quarters of an inch from each edge, one eighth wide. Yeah, right. So uh, he goes, turns around, goes over to wooden box, pulls out his dagger brush, gold leaf, don't you? Yeah, yeah gold leaf. Right, right. So he goes, gets the gold leaf, yep. which is in the sheets. Yep. And he said, Right, I'll, I'll just do it in yellow. And he said, then I'll put the gold leaf on it. Yeah, right, eh? So I'm thinking, good. So I see his hand go to his cigarette. <laughs> shaking. So shaking. Yeah. You're starting to shake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get old ball of Zeds. So, so oh, you wouldn't believe it. He put that dagger brush in his hand and dipped it in the paint and his, and his hands are going like... I thought he had epilepsy or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. you know. And he's he's shaking bad, you know. Yeah. The nervous shakes or whatever it was. But, you know, he put the smoke in the mouth. And I'm thinking, yeah, I hope the ash doesn't drop in the paint, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but underneath that house at about half past six, underneath that house in Church Street, about half past six, he just reached out with the dagger brush loaded with yellow paint and he reached to the front of the guard and he put it down on it and as smooth and as straight as you like, that line just appeared in one pass. Wow. He didn't go back and touch it. No. He just started and just drew the brush towards him. Then he deviated around where the fork indent is yep. in the front mudguard, returned it back to the line and matched it up with the line on the front of the guard and continued until he ran out of paint. He just pulled the brush off. Put it in the paint, loaded it with paint, and then put it back on the stripe, and then just continued as smooth and as quick as you like. Wow! He, he did a front mud guard in around about I'm going to say ninety seconds. Wow! And he wow. said, "That's the secret, Steve. You do it once, do it quick." <laughs> yeah, and that was it. And that's it. You did it. So we pinstriped that bike, and I'm saying under fifteen minutes. Holy smokes. Yep. That's impressive. He said, now I'm going to go and have a tea. <laughs> he said, yeah. Eight beers wasn't enough. 40 bucks, I think. <laughs> 40 bucks. I think it was 40 bucks. Far out. 40 bucks. Far out. God, and that was Bob Brown. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I can't get anybody to duplicate it. You can't. It's another nope. one of those things, isn't it? No. Nope. Everybody wants to do it with pinstripe tape. Yeah. But here you can see the brush marks. Yeah, of course. It, it's it's authentic. It's how it was done. It's it, it's, it's period correct. It's authentic. It's it's not it's not it's fake. It's and real. You know, it's real as when you can get. Whenever you see a an original, yeah, the lines are never the same width. Of course, it wouldn't be. Yeah, that's right. Because it's hand. Because they're done by, by different people. Of course, that's right. Different people. That's true. That's right. That's exactly right. I'm actually impressed by the way that the frame, how the tank actually sits below the frame. Well. See, Brian, the tank sits between, between the okay. frame rails. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what, so, yeah. So if you like, there is a bottom yeah. uh, pipe underneath the fuel tank. Oh, there then is there too. there is a top one that comes over the top of it. And it, does it slide into it? And it, Yes. Oh, so wow. you can imagine that fuel tank has got to be the right shape. It has to be perfect. Because if it isn't, yep. it can't slide between the frame rails yep. after it's painted. Yeah, that makes perfect and sense. And pinstriped. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You're in a world of hurt if wow. that's not right. And then you've got like a bracket on the top tube there with a that runs to the seat, I would take it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that that part there, that's that's impressive, isn't it? Yeah. That guy that guy runs to the seat. Yep. The little plunger yeah. there is that the, the build up spring on. Is that the build up pressure for the oil? No. What's that? Well, when you come to stop and yeah. magneto fired engine. Yeah. If the engine is revolving, yes. it will drive the magneto, which will generate a spark yes. to both the spark plug, both the cylinders. Yes. So the only way that you can stop a magneto-fired motor is to take the fuel or the compression away from it. Oh, yeah, cut the fuel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah. if you… Like an aeroplane. Exactly like yeah. an aeroplane. But um, the carburetor, of course, the Indian will run probably a good, probably nearly six minutes <laughs> on a carburetor bowl. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? That would... It will. It will. Wow. So… Turning off the fuel won't, won't do, it. do it. Won't do it, yeah. So what you do is you simply put your palm of your hand on that knob, yeah. press down against the spring pressure. Yeah. There is a rod that goes through the fuel tank. Yeah. It goes to a link which in turn works a little cam yeah. which in turn inside the valve case pushes down the tails of both the intake valves really? and lifts them off their seats. Oh. And so it, the engine is devoid of compression. Wow! That's how you stop the Indian. Lean on the lean on the knob. Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> it's all. I mean, that's a technology of the day, wasn't it? That, that was the technology that was their, of the day. That was their solution to what they needed to do. That was that was how that engine was designed, and and the that engine. Um, was a very, very big, uh, how would you say, feature for yeah. 1928. Okay, yeah. Because they had they had engaged an engineer. Yeah, okay, sure. They had brought him from um, Ireland. His name was Charles B. Franklin. Charles B. Franklin. Yeah. Yeah, And sure. they refer to that engine as the Franklin motor. Okay. So he was brought from uh, Ireland. Yes, Got a job at Indian, and his brief was to make the Indian design an engine mm-hmm. to coincide with the one the introduction of the one hundred and one, so that it had detachable heads, yep, and it had uh, better carburation, yep, that it had better ignition, and put out more power. Uh, but yeah, you got to use these bits. These pieces, because uh, you know we're not that rich, we can't uh, uh, redesign the whole thing. Yeah. So you've got to use a combination of these things to get that. Yeah. So go your hardest, <laughs> but we've got to have it by January. Ah, January okay. So there's only a bit of pressure. Oh yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. So uh, Charles B. Franklin did that. Wow. And so that 101 was probably ended up being Indians. I'm going to say greatest model. Yeah, yeah. The the chief was bigger. Yes. But the chief was not more as coveted yeah. as a 101 Scout. Yeah, okay, sure. Because it was the epitome of the time. Yes. That 
that roaring 20s yes. time, 1928, it was really bouncing. And this motorcycle epitomised that, you know, that roaring time. Right? Yeah. It's a it's a it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal story, mate. The the fact of everything that was that was involved to get that bike up to where it is today, and you still actively use it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it's um, it if it doesn't go on the second kick, there's yeah. something wrong. Is it really yes. like that? Yeah. Wow. And as I said, if you turn the fuel on, yes, and if you put the, the choke lever to full up. Which yep. is full choke, yep. and then uh, you you do have to give it a couple of little strokes through to free the clutch up. Yes, because okay. the, the the oil sticks on the clutch plates. Oh yeah, so yeah, of course. You yeah. just simply put it in put it in neutral. Yep, and then push down, push the clutch in, and then allow it allow the oil to circulate between the plates. Then engage the clutch. Then give it two strokes through. Yes. On with with the throttle closed, yep. that sucks the fuel in. Then you simply go three notches down to warm. Yeah. Then you set your spark advance. You know, as I said, to about halfway. Yeah. Set about three eighths of an inch throttle. Get the starter up on the stroke. Mm-hmm. Lean on it, and it goes. It never misses. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What um, do you do? You ride it like? Is it? distance poor like do you get a do you know what i mean like do you get a bit of a do you get to get take it for a fair bit of a ride like well what, or is it more of a case of like this thing this thing's like you got to take care of it <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like it's and you do and this thing this is not just a everyday bike this is a this no. thing is like got no. so much history behind it and, and it is you know and and uh it, what did it what it was Brian, it was designed as a city bike. Yeah, okay, city the chief, bike. Yep. The Chief was designed for sidecar, yep. for highway work. Yes. The Scout was the probably the first Indian that was designed to be used purely for fun. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yep, yep. And, and nimble work. So yes. you, can, you, you, you then realise why the New York City police Use them. liked them so much. Okay. Because to get through traffic... Well, makes sense, yeah, yeah, yes, yep. And another little thing that a lot of little people know is that Indian bought in. Um, I'm sorry, the New York City Police bought Indians solely until they couldn't buy oh. them anymore. Oh, when really? In, in, when Indian um, went out of business in 1953. Okay, radio. That was the time that they had to buy a Harley. Buy Harleys after that, but they only. Purchased Indians. Yeah, right. Okay, I did not know that. And they're all red. Yep, they're all red. All red. Wow, I did not know that. So, it was, how do you think that the left-hand throttle um, practice came into into the design? And it was because the police said uh, an officer is right-handed. Oh. So... So they can either shoot a weapon or give a signal with their right hand. Ah, But with their left hand, they can still control the the speed of the machine. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? That is why. That makes perfect sense. All Indians are left-hand. Ah, okay. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Yep. And and it all 
falls into place, yeah. Brian. Well, know? I mean, everything that they were doing was there was a there would have been a reason behind it, and yes. that makes perfect sense why they. And would. so you can imagine, you can't build a left-hand throttle machine for police and a right-hand throttle machine no. for civilian. No, that's true. just it'd be too much. You'll end up killing people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, makes sense. So yeah. you just make them all it's one or the other left. Yeah, that's the way they were. Yeah. Okay. Radio. And of course, you know, the whole other story about board track racing with Indian <laughs> is 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 amazing. It's yeah. just an incredible, you know. Mate, that's uh I really I mean I really appreciate I really appreciate your time. Um I know you've got you've got an appointment coming up shortly, so Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know what we've got to do. What's is, that? Is my brother and I formed a ninth battalion, which okay. is a, a World War yeah. One. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I don't like the word reenactment. I like the word living history. Living history. That's a good way to put it, yes. And so um, in we we have the, the uniform of the World War One Australian digger. Yep. And we carry the weapons yep. of the World War One oh, cool. Australian digger. So yep. they're all Lithgow. Oh, wow. 303s yep. Yep. made in Australia. Oh, cool. And um, on Remembrance Day and Anzac Day, yes. we do Cenotaph Guards. Oh, and cool. we um, employ the drill just oh, okay. out of the 1914 drill manual. Yes. 303. Yes. Drill. So the rest on arms reverse, you know, the shoulder arms, the order arms, all of those drill movements we employ in a, a cenotaph guard, a catafalque guard. Yeah, okay. So tomorrow, Anzac yes. Day, oh, tomorrow, Remembrance Day, I'm sorry. Yep. Um, we will be down at the John Leake Memorial. John Leake Memorial. In Rocky. Yep. And we will be performing a catafalque guard in appreciation yes. for all of those that didn't come back, went to war and yes. didn't come back, our great uncle included. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a great thing that people still honour that and do that. Yes. In honour of those people that did that. You know, that's um, it's very, very, um, you know, very uh, respectful and, you know, honourable to be doing that. Well, thanks, Brian. And I, I just all – I, all I say is that I just like to say thank you. Because mm. when Yeah, you, that's a great way to put when it. When you actually think about the price yes. that yes. was paid. Yes. And the, and the thing is too, like you said, the price that was paid, but also too you could not fathom what those people would have gone through and the things that they would have had to endure and what, and what took on – you know, like we, you know, we constantly say that you don't, you, you you can't really appreciate something without hearing the backstory of it. No, and I think that's a great way to sum it up because, no. like, you know, and like that, and so, in saying that's why I think it's it's rare these days, and I think it's really nice to see that people still pay homage to that and still pay their respects to that and still do things like that, so that people can get a sense of what, what how they would do it back in the day. Mm. So I think that's really nice of you to do that. Yeah, and mm. you know. I know, I know, Brian. I'm I'm too much of a sentimentalist. But when you, when you go to France, yeah, and when you do stand on the hills, yes, that the AIF went and tried to capture, yes, and when you when you think about those young guys running up slopes with three hundred threes and machine guns, mm. and being cut down, yeah, and you think about you know who they were, yeah, the tinsmiths, yes. The plumbers, yes. The carpenters, the yep. clerks, yep. Those young blokes didn't get a go. That's right. At life. That's right. Yeah. They they, they, they were denied. 
a go and they did it they did it willingly yes and gladly and and um for their country and they did yeah. and it you know people can poo hard now and say oh you know you you're glorifying the war and and everything like that, but it, Brian, it isn't that. It's no, just simply saying thank you. Yeah, you're glorifying the person having yes. the courage to do that. That's, That's what, what you're glorifying. About. Yeah, 100%. That's what it's about. No. So, um, so we're practicing for that at 5 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I won't hold you up. <laughs> no, no, um, that's right. But, yeah, so uh, thank you so much because that was one of the stories that um, that people – uh, wanted to hear, so I'm really, I'm really <laughs> thankful that you came out and told me. Um, the second one yes. is is the around the world trip, which will will leave that one for another episode because yes. we know that's going to be a quite uh, an extensive one. So oh. because that's what did you say about how how she just was, to give people a quick idea, like how long was the journey itself? It was it was a shade over four hundred days. Four hundred days. So there's a lot to. To go over in 400 days <laughs> worth is. of traveling, I can imagine. There so. is. And, yeah. you know, once it's like anything, Brian, once you start to, to talk about it, because, you know, in my in my everyday living now, I don't mm. get to talk about it. Yes. I, I remember it. It's yeah. always there, but I, I, don't, I don't talk about it all the time. So when you do, you find it just keeps on rolling yeah. out. And it sparks up some old memories yes. too. So yeah, yeah. No, well, thank you so much, Mr. Bell. I appreciate you coming back on, sir. It's thank been, you, Brian. Uh, oh, it's been. I've been loving it. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> loving it. Great so, stuff. So um, yeah, so we'll get you back on again soon to 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 share about your around the world trip too. So Be we'll definitely keep on that. So thank you very much. Thank you, Cheers. Brian. Cheers. Bye now.